You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's time for another edition of Colchonero Chat, a Monday afternoon pod. I'm Jeremy, joined per usual by Robbie. How you doing, man? Good, Jeremy. Good. We had a we had a chance to kind of uh, collect our thoughts after another fairly convincing win from from Atletico. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the chat. That's three consecutive games, Robbie, where Atletico haven't embarrassed themselves. That's maybe a, 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 the longest stretch of games in which they have not done that this season. Uh, we're, of course, talking about the 2-0 win over Celta Vigo at the Wanda Metropolitano on Saturday. A Renan Lodi brace, which we're going to talk all about, uh, providing the winning margin. Atletico entered the top four briefly following that win. They currently sit fifth after Barcelona's victory over Athletic. On Sunday, uh, let's start per usual, Robbie, with your uh, general thoughts and observations from the two 0 victory. Yeah, it's it's another it's another. It was quite convincing too, or maybe maybe not convincing, but definitely coherent. And you could see what they were trying to do, just much like the Man United game. And there was there was a spell in the first half where they looked maybe a little bit shaky, and it looked like Celta Vigo could hurt them, but they. They, they 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 manned the storm and and it was and then they put them to bed. So uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of strange because every single week we come on and chat and every game that we watch and we're we're trying to kind of figure this whole thing out and and it's more it's more for our own sake for our own understanding because mm-hmm. we've all got like this cognitive dissonance. So like. Uh, 
the, the the Atletico that we once knew, it just seemed to disappear before before our eyes, and we're trying to figure out where it went, or maybe it was an illusion all along. But <laughs> I think I think I think there's been a lot of kind of. Uh, yeah, cognitive dissonance this season, and every single game we're just looking for scraps. We're looking for, uh, we're looking for uh, uh, some kind of a, a signal as to what what it is they're trying to do, or who they're trying to become, or or what the problems are, and um, and we just couldn't do it. Every time we came on the show, we were like, "It's this. It's definitely this." And then the next week is like, "Okay, no, maybe it's not that. It's this new thing that's come up." And uh, John O'Black has been got his. Um, got the blame for a while. Koke has been blamed. Uh, some of the newer signings have been blamed. Uh, Jorente's form has been blamed. But I think it just turns out that the tactics weren't coherent. And what we saw against Celta Vigo, against Manchester United, and what we've seen now is a team that resembles Simeone's image, a team built in Simeone's image, but that also makes sense. For for Atletico and who they need to be right now, and we'll we'll get into that I'm sure during during the podcast. But it, it definitely looks like this is a team that okay they're, they're obviously not going to challenge for La Liga this season and and that. But at least like you said, they're not embarrassing themselves, and that is uh, <laughs> that's the, that's the least we can ask for. Yeah, big step forward. Um, I'm pretty sure I tweeted this on Saturday, but it's really amazing how quickly your team's fortunes can turn around. If you play a natural pivot, a natural defensive midfielder, and if there is a somewhat coordinated pressing system, a somewhat decently coordinated structure. And we saw both of those things on display against Man United. Unfortunately for Atletico, it didn't result in a win. And we saw them in force again on Saturday. Simeone choosing to repeat and persist with that 11 that uh, started against United. And he was rewarded handsomely. I was a bit surprised by the decision not to rotate, um, Robbie, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Well, I, I'd, I'd say that was what Simeone was thinking. He was, I think that was a clear, a fairly clear message that yeah. this works. This is how it's going to be. If you work hard um, and if, if, um, if we get results, I'm not. I, I don't want to change. I'm, I'm. I want a little bit of consistency. He he he'd prefer not to have to keep changing and making substitutes in the middle of games and 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 uh, like like whole scale changes in the middle of games. And and I think that was a message to say, look, if I st- if if we can manage, if we figure this out, it's I, I want to uh, keep going with this. And I think that I think it was a it was definitely a. a uh, he, he like kind of like a nod to to the Manchester United team uh, to the performance against Manchester United and to the tactics and he's saying look this is what we're going with now this is who we are and until it stops working we're going to keep going with it and um, yeah he 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 he, he I, I didn't I wasn't sure if he was going to go with Correa and Felix as the two up front but but he obviously did and and uh, it definitely worked. Um, and because and that's the other thing said so like like so this is this is the whole thing i mean i think Sid Lowe talks about it or i think it was john, maybe john toshak who, who said it before about uh, you've got a blanket that's only so long and you have to either cover your feet or your head and yes. you have to kind of decide which one it is so for simeone and, and Celta Vigo are the league aside and uh, like we often kind of make light of teams and 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 oh they should be beating them and that but at the end of the day these are teams that will tear you to shreds if you give them the chance so I think Atletico uh, 
I, what they're doing right now, it's not perfect, no, but it, it definitely solves a couple of their main issues, uh, namely being countered on, being passed through too easily, and the spaces between the spaces in midfield for opposing teams to get through them. So uh, it solves that, and it kind of adds a little bit to their attacking because you can just go pure defensive shut down those passing lanes and stuff but then you're just back to square one with your nil alls all day long but um, playing in this fashion uh, they can hurt you and they're quite direct and also it's coherent uh, defensively and the midfield is a lot stronger than it has been all season and Central to this midfield is Hector Herrera, a guy who has been kind of a forgotten man much of the past two seasons. He's made three consecutive starts. That's, I believe the stat I saw this morning is that's as many as he made all of last season. Um, and he's been, I think, immense in terms of allowing Atletico to control the game and uh, showing some defensive responsibility, which we haven't frequently seen. He led all Atletico players with 16 recoveries on Saturday, which is a ton. Um, also completed 48 passes, a team high at an 84% clip. Um, we, we talked about Herrera's passing range and his the quality of his passing a lot in the past, but we haven't seen it too often because uh, Koke and DePaul have been preferred to him certainly throughout this season, but I think Herrera has been absolutely critical to how Atletico are playing right now. Um, and Herrera, Condogbia, Versalco, Lodi, these are all guys who at different points this season and last season were kind of considered afterthoughts when Simeone came to, when it came time to pick his first choice 11. And they're now guys who are leading this charge as Atletico are trying to salvage something from this season. Um, and we'll, we'll talk, and again, we'll talk about Lodi in, in just a minute, but Herrera and Kondogbia, that pair in, in the center of midfield has just been locking everything down. Uh, Kondogbia misplaced only one pass on Saturday. Uh, he did have to exit with uh with a muscular injury, but it seems that it was precautionary, if anything else. How difficult is it going to be for Koke and DePaul to get back into this team? Because right now, this looks like Simeone's best midfield pairing, far and away. Yeah, you, you referred to Herrera as the forgotten man, but I would, I, I, I think he's been more the one who, not the one who got away, but the, like, the the one who just never clicked or who because when when yeah. he does play and he definitely does have a flair about him and he has a a skill set that is and would be valuable in in specific teams um he he's got the physical traits as in he he's quite rangy and he covers a lot of ground and he's um he's he's quick without being like fast um and and I think that that that's and I and I just said earlier that Koke was blamed when it wasn't actually Koke, but it, it, to, to be fair, going back on that, it, I think Koke has uh, been shown up a little bit in, in this season in terms of physicality, and he just can't cover the ground as quickly as someone like Herrera or Condogbia, or even kind of like in, in basketball, like closing down passing lanes by just yep. being there, like by just by just standing there and. I will get to this ball if you try to pass it within a couple of yards of me. Um, whereas Koke just can't do that. And, and these are the fine margins we're talking about in in La Liga and uh, uh, elite football. So, um, so yeah, like th- those two guys have been excellent. And, and I mean, I, I know we... 
with Atletico, I think we have to, and I, we could come on in a, in a week's time and say how terrible they looked, and, and I understand mm. that it's, it's, but it's more about process and logic for me as far when I when I'm thinking about it, and for me, Condogbia and Herrera definitely, uh, definitely do make sense when you're trying to shut down passing lanes when you, when you are playing with two up front and and um but but it's also kind of like a combination of things right like it's because Marcus Llorente and Renan Lodi are playing on the left and right now too uh I don't even know why you call Llorente but but he has been playing fullback for a lot of the season and he yeah. can cover lots of ground like really quickly so he so they're like so he's playing on the right Lodi a fullback by uh, by name is is playing um on the left so he's kind of doubled up out wide and then it's a matter of having enough legs to cover the middle which Condogbia and, and Herrera do and Joe Felix and Correa kind of sitting back when necessary to shut down the middle so it's kind of a collection of things and Herrera and Condogbia definitely do make sense but it has been a combination of things and I also think like uh, yeah, so Lukoke won't get back into that side as far as I can see. Um, and Rodrigo de Paul won't get into the side if Simeone A, continues to play like that and B, tries to slot him in at right midfield because I was actually just looking about, looking at um, Rodrigo de Paul's numbers from last year and, and, and where his value comes from, touches in the box, shots... Creating a, a, a in the in the final third of the field, and he was playing as a as in a position that needs more of a kind of a fullback, and he was kind of trying. He, I think he saw Rodrigo de Paul and was like, "Oh yeah, he'll do the same thing. He'll do the same thing and put up the same numbers in a in a deeper position." But you just can't, like when you're being asked to do something else, or or I I just think. For for Simeone and for Atletico, Rodrigo de Paul, his skill set doesn't translate into what they were trying to do. So uh, I don't think he gets back into that team. Uh, and uh, also, uh, yeah, because Llorente, like he was trying to turn Rodrigo de Paul, an attacking midfielder who I would probably have as more of a number ten, or as way more centrally and and like a free eight or someone. Uh, he's tried to turn was, him into a five. Yeah, and he was trying to play him as like Saul. He was trying to turn him into Saul Niguez, who was way more, um, yeah, a kind of a more defensive midfielder, or or, or not, not even defensive, but co- co- combative and and uh, and Rodrigo de Paul is that, but he's, he's his his value comes from being further up the field, getting touches in and around the box, and yeah. he just isn't able to do that. Whereas Saul Niguez is the kind of player who can start way deeper, and he's comfortable, and he has played right back. Marcos Llorente the same, and he was trying to turn Rodrigo de Paul into into something that he just he just doesn't do very well and, and doesn't translate well. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's been a combination of things. Whether or not it continues to work, and I mean, this is a uh, this is the kind of league where their next opposition will have done. <laughs> will will have done the, their homework on them, and maybe we'll see flaws appearing that we didn't even think existed in the ne- in in the next couple of games. But right now, it, may, it seems to make sense, and they're all working together. And 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 like you said earlier, their their, their luck seems to have turned slightly. And with Condogbia and Herrera both, you 
you have what Koke and DePaul have not offered consistently this season, uh, ball progression and dynamism. Both players are, are keen dribblers. They progress the play. Uh, Herrera had eight progressive passes on Saturday in 90 minutes that led all Atletico players. And that, that's just so important to have a midfield that doesn't move the ball backwards or laterally like Koke does. That, that, that type of passing, that type of strategy does serve a purpose to keep possession, but Atletico do not keep possession particularly well with Koke on the pitch this season. Uh, Herrera and Kondogbia both offer something different than what we've seen for the majority of the season, and it is helping to turn around Atletico's fortunes. Kondogbia ended up creating both goals on Saturday uh, the, on very similar actions, long balls to Renan Lodi in the box, and Lodi finishing uh, both passes off for his first career doblete, Robbie, his first career brace. The first goal... <laughs> I think it was pretty poor defending by Hugo Mayo and poor goalkeeping by Matias de Turo, but this was a pretty sharp finish. Uh, cutting outside, then inside, then slicing the ball uh, in past the near post. Yeah, lovely, yeah. And um, the Condobia, I think I think Simeone signed him, or well, he did sign him, after Arsenal came and, and, and nabbed... Uh, Thomas Partey and I think Simeone has always seen Condogbia as a as a poor man's version of Thomas Partey yep. and he, 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 if you will he, he considers him the after party <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> no but uh, but uh, yeah I think he sees he's, he's seen Condogbia as, as a poor man's Thomas Partey and Simeone fairly uh, famously has, has, has not loaded given players the responsibilities that they sometimes need um, and and Kondogbia has proven now that he okay he, he might not have the, 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 the talent to find the pass and he's maybe not as cerebral as, as Koke but he has everything that that you might need from that that position, and he's got he's got the kind of little bit of a maverick in him, which is also kind of partly why Simeone maybe doesn't doesn't really trust him, and it, it was a reason why uh, I think Simeone kind of took a while to warm to Thomas Partey as well, but um, he. He's proven that he he can be that number five. He's rangy. He's he's uh, he's 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 got a lovely range of passing. He can pick a pass. He can find a pass. And he might not be at the level of Thomas Partey, the Thomas Partey that left Atletico Madrid and that that attracted interest from the Premier League. But he he's 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 getting there. I mean, I think he's with with in the right situation. Condogbia could draw attention just like uh, Thomas Partey did a couple of years ago, and Herrera too. Another another guy who 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 never got the not respect, but never got the game time because he's too much of a maverick, and he does have that kind of clumsy streak in him. But I think you have to kind of take the rough with the smooth with Herrera in that he does offer you something a little bit. He's got that flair, but and but he does have that. Whereas, like, you will get, yeah, Koke offers you an 8 out of 10, or, well, maybe not this season, a 7 yeah. out of 10 yeah. every week. Hector Herrera might give you a 5 on some weeks, a <laughs> 4 even, but he he's capable of giving you a 9 or even a 10, and the same with Condogbia. But Simeone doesn't like that variance. He needs to know what he's getting so he can plan around that but I think now I think Simeone has realised but but the problem with that is the less time you, you and this is a paradox the less time you give the guy the more likely it is that you're going to get a five off him 
And that's what we've seen. So Herrera comes on and he's in the wrong situation and he's he's trying to prove himself and he's kind of a bit pissed off and he's a bit annoyed and he's coming on trying to save a game and he's got Atletico 3-1 down and he's he's sitting back there on his own and being exposed So and he's not really being given a chance. So you're going to get a four on those occasions and then it's like, oh, see, I told you. And it's like, yeah, but... You, you're playing him in the wrong situation. It's, it's a self-fulfilling Where, prophecy in that, ex- in that ex- Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then it's just all more evidence that Herrera is not up to it. And that's what we've seen. And we've probably fallen into that trap as well. And we, yeah, do, we, and we do. And I guess we can only go by what we see. But we do fall into that trap and think what you see is all there is, kind of, you know. And, and that's not the case. These guys, and it's like Joe Felix, like, oh, but he's never actually shown it. It's like, yeah, but he's never actually been given a chance. You have to bear with him and let him grow into the role and feel confident and feel comfortable within the side. And, and we're starting to see that now with these players. And I'd say Simeone, that's part of the reason why Simeone continued with that formation against Celta Vigo. It's like, look, forget about names. If you win and you keep winning, you're going to play. And it's simple as that. And I think that that kind of confidence he gave them also... Uh, it could be seen in their intensity, in their in their effort, in their in their sense of purpose, and 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 uh, kind of wanting to keep the run going. And it's like they they've kind of grasped onto something now, and they just want to hold it for dear life. And whereas before it was like they were so nervous, whereas now they're playing with that little bit more confidence. Before you couldn't find anything that worked. Right now, this is working. Uh, we'll see for how long it works, but right now. The, this was a pretty good week for Atletico. The win over Osasuna to help settle things down after the Levante loss. The draw against Man United, which would have been a win on another day. And then this display against Celta, which was pretty good. And the the sensaciones are more positive now. Um, do you remember a few years ago, Robbie, when Simeone played Juanfran as a winger for about six weeks? I don't remember it specifically, but I do remember Juanfran used to be... Uh, he was a winner. He was he? when Atletico bought him from Osasuna, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But about midway through the 16-17 season, Simeone decided to do what he's doing now with Lodi, play, play the double fullback. Uh, he played one front as a winger for about four to six weeks. One front scored a couple goals, and he went away from the tactic as the season moved along. But Cholo, I think, is repeating this tactic with Lodi now um, on the left-hand side, turning him into, at least for the time being, an out-and-out winger. And it's really suiting him well. And it speaks well of Lodi, Herrera, Condogbia, Versalco as well. Um, it speaks well of them professionally, that they've continued working, even as Simeone hasn't given them enough chances uh, when things weren't working earlier this season. But better late than never, right? Atletico can still salvage something in La Liga and in the Champions League. And desperate times call for desperate measures. Drastic measures have needed to be taken with Atletico uh, in free fall for a good chunk of this season. Right now, this is stabilizing them. Um, and this is a tactic that, that Unai Emery has tried um, and has ex- experienced success with this double, this idea, this strategy of the double fullback. And with Lodi, he's such a, a classy attacking talent. He's super skilled. He has a lot of flair. Uh, and if you free him from any defensive responsibility, um, or at least most defensive responsibilities, this is what he can reward you with. And on the second goal, Almost a carbon copy of the first one. Hugo Mayo gets caught out by the Kondogbia pass, and it is just this beautiful one touch into the net past DiToro. Uh, Lodi can do this. We've seen him score, I think, five goals for Atletico now. 
Yeah, and 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 the other thing is the and he did that a couple of times. He's got Marcelo is the is the uh, is the holy grail. Like, he's like the he's, king of this. Yeah. Oh, the king. He is the king of those lovely touches. But Ren and Lodi is showing off some some lovely skill uh, in or that that specific skill playing on on the left wing. And yeah, I think I, I think you're right. Like and and ideally. What you would get is Reynildo and Ronan Lodi all in the one player, like someone like a, a Lucas Hernandez. Mm. But but uh, like like the strong defensively, up for the fight, but also up and down the wing and can deliver a pass, deliver a cross. But sadly, Atletico, that this is what makes recruitment so hard, and <laughs> they haven't been able to find that guy. Reynildo offers some of that, not all of it. Ren and Lottie offers some of that, not all of that. And luckily, the, the two of them complement each other, are very different, but they both complement each other. So yeah, that it, this is kind of a, a natural, um, maybe not natural. We didn't we didn't necessarily know what was going to happen, but it, it looks natural on the field uh, or in the last couple of games. And I think that Lottie, yeah, he's he's. He looks like a man who's liberated, and some some of the delivery, uh, even against Manchester United, again against Celta Vigo, the way he took the second goal was just magnificent. And uh, yeah, I just wonder now, and 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 this just kind of puts makes our makes makes the podcast. You can just kind of throw the archives away and and, and forget everything <laughs> he's ever said because, like like I just said, like uh, we think, oh, this is all you see is, uh, and then or or what you see is. What, what what's the saying? Uh, all you uh, what you see is all there is, and we we thought Lodi was limited. Now he's not. But when you change the circumstances, and when you kind of give him a different role, and you when you play him in a different situation and, and environment, uh, he, he he changes completely. Now if I don't know if it's going to continue, obviously. I mean, I I can't imagine it's going to be as good as it has been the last two games, but. He certainly at least made us think about our assessment. Go back to the drawing board as to our assessment of him. We we did our the podcast about uh, sell sell what was it sell sell star or starter yeah yeah sell star or starter and he was a sell like we both I think we both said that whereas now you're looking at him going if he doesn't have to defend as much but but see this is the thing he he still can defend he's got that kind of mental muscle he's got that. Um, a chip in his brain, so he still can do that, and it makes him that little bit uh, more, that little bit more uh, solid defensively. But he's also offering plenty going forward. You mentioned Reynildo, and I did want to address him as well because I thought he played very well on Saturday. Uh, I think getting his signing over the line on deadline day was really important because he has. He's made a couple individual mistakes uh, against Man United was a particularly glaring one. Uh, and it hasn't been the easiest start to life at Atletico for him. But I thought he played well on Saturday. Multiple blocks, including a, a crucial one off, basically off the goal line inside the first 15 minutes. A couple tackles, a couple interceptions, four clearances. He's not going to offer very much offensively. He's not going to, he, he's not going to be... The Lucas Hernandez all-in-one replacement, but he's a guy who he's not going to be confused with Felipe Luis, but he's going to offer a lot of value as someone who can tuck into the center of defense, but also help to play that forward pass to get Lodi or Carrasco or Lema off and running. Um, on the other side, Robbie Versalco, I noticed tucked into central defense a lot. I think this was to account for Javi Galan, how good a dribbler he is, uh, the self to fullback 
who I think Atletico could have signed last summer. Uh, but Versalco is is really battling. I've noticed that. Um, he's similar to Reynildo, a bit limited going forward. But Atletico need these kind of characters if their defense is going to improve at all from now to the end of the season. They've still led in a ton of goals, 34 goals conceded, which is in the bottom half of La Liga. Staggering. Uh, but between Versalco and Reynildo, these are not superstars. These are not sexy names or um, really overly appealing to many fans, but they're also important. They're glue guys. They're going to keep the, the defense tied together in a sense. Yeah, definitely. And and I think given the fact that they individually, they're not amazing footballers. And But I think the the sum can be greater than the 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 whole can be greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. If 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 the attack if if the tactics that they're being asked to play and it, and and the strategy makes sense and I think we watched the Levante game and it just didn't make sense. Rodrigo de Paul was coming in really really narrow. Levante were playing through playing out to the left, uh, their left, so Rodrigo de Paul's side. He had to run. 15 yards to close him down by the time he had made it to the player they had gone back to the centre back then Correa had gone and then uh, it was just spaces everywhere whereas now uh, they're, they're just a little bit more compact Herrera as I said can cover that ground a little bit easier Marcos Llorente is, is probably more aware of uh, defensively as to his positioning and he, he he's really willing to press and close it down and all of a sudden they're getting to the to the, to the wide man quicker it's 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 a little bit of a riskier pass going back to the centre back mm-hmm. and then by the time they get the ball back there they're looking to the midfielder and Herrera's already pushed up on them and it just makes sense and it's like okay now we have to go back to the goalkeeper and send it long right let's go we, we, we start again and 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 um, it just makes it that little bit harder and that's exactly what they did against Manchester United and then when they come over to the right-hand side, their right-hand side, Atletico's left, it's the same. Renan Lodi pushes up and he's he covers a lot of ground quickly so he, he gets over to his man. Condogbia's already pushed over. They're, they're, they're working in tandem. Renildo and Jimenez are, are uh, solid there and then uh, Joe Felix is already starting to kind of drop and, and, and they're, they're conceding possession with the centre-backs but... The, before they were conceding possession to centre backs, the central the, the holding midfielder was was free, the two wide men were free, and Atletico were just sitting there like sitting ducks, waiting for teams to progress on them. Whereas now they're kind of pushing up, being a little bit more aggressive. They're letting the centre backs have it a little bit more, but like the one-on-one battles are far more harder to win because you're, you're, you're having to go through Condogby, you're having to go through Herrera, you're having to get through Reynildo and Renan Lodi um, uh, and, and that's before you even get to the box where Jimenez and Savage are, are and, and, and that's uh, it, it just may it just as I said and as I keep saying it just makes sense I don't know if it's going to keep working like this but for me right now at, at least I'm looking at Atletico going this makes some kind of sense watching them against Levante and we said that they made them look like Bayern Munich and obviously <laughs> a little bit of an exaggeration but it, like yeah. there, there were there were there were spaces everywhere they could just pass it so around so easily and they were getting up the field so easily and it was just like uh, all these little combinations and Atletico were just collapsing like dominoes and uh, uh, whereas now it just feels way 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 more um 
and, and, and look, those individual mistakes might still happen, but that's something that is is a that's a, a, a kind of like a, a talent mental thing rather than like a, t- a tactical thing where the, s- the system and the structure just doesn't make sense right if it if it comes from an individual mistake or a mental error or a physical error it's one thing but if it's systemic and it's repeatable and you know it's repeatable that is entirely different so that's what's been encouraging about these last seven to ten days is that Atletico seem to have, and you wrote about this last week with uh, Diego Simeone finding a new blueprint, Robbie, is that uh, it's a more coordinated system that switches more easily between a three at the back and, and, a, and a four at the back going forward. And also, I think it's really important that this team presses in a coordinated manner and they press high up the pitch. The best teams in, in football right now, City, Liverpool, Bayern Munich, they all do that. It's a coordinated, modern system of pressing and winning possession high up the pitch. And Joao Felix and Angel Correa, the starting forward pair these last two games, they've been leading this charge, Correa especially. Like, I'm consistently, maybe not amazed, but it's consistently impressive how intelligent Correa is as a footballer. The runs he makes, the, the, the pressure he applies, he let all Atletico players in just pressures attempted with 22 on Saturday. Uh, he's just such an intelligent runner and an intelligent player. And Joao working hard for the team is going to get him in Simeone's good graces for sure because that's been a legit criticism of his in the past. Uh, What is his work rate? Is he willing to work hard for the team and put in those hard yards if he's not scoring or setting up a goal? Yeah, yeah. And and, and we... Uh, Ankel Correa just continues to surprise or continues to delight I'd say yeah. um, he's been he's been excellent all season pretty much and he, he offers definitely offers something that his control in tight areas and his ability to kind of sell a dummy is just, is just uh, almost second to none but um but but yeah, like like you said there, I mean, it just makes sense. And uh, Joe Felix being given opportunities now, and it feels like it's his position to lose. And I think um, I think that that was that was on Simeone. Well, it was partly on Joe Felix. He took the opportunity. He was given an opportunity against Manchester United. He took it, and I think that that's something that we, we we couldn't say for a long time with him. He had been given some opportunities, and he wasn't. And we were like, oh well give him a more opportunity but he actually took it this time and, and he's he's holding on to it so uh so yeah it's, it's interesting now to see where they go from here but um but uh it's it, it's definitely starting to, to to look a little bit better and and um and it's an awful pity that the season and the league title is gone because if they kept playing like this and uh you like they, they probably would have been a lot closer to Real Madrid and Sevilla and, and, and top four would be almost guaranteed at this point if they had of. One more question for you before we preview uh, next weekend's Partidazzo against Betis. What do you think Griezmann's role is going to be going forward? He's back now after basically two months out, played half an hour or 15 minutes against Man United and then about half an hour against Celta. Uh, looked pretty close to scoring, had a couple very good chances, including one from a free kick a few minutes from time. Griezmann is is a player who we know from his first Atletico stint uh, puts in a lot of hard yards, a lot of running, a lot of ball pressure. Uh, that is the player Simeone molded him into. Uh, with Correa and and Joao Felix playing very well at the moment, and that tandem appearing to work, what's the role for Griezmann? Uh, you know, Suarez's role is is also 
potentially up in the air because Atletico play a lot better when Suarez isn't on the pitch this year. But Griezmann's position fascinates me because I'm not sure how much playing time he's going to get and how seamless the transition will be between you know Correa comes off for Griezmann and Joao Felix comes off for Griezmann. So I'm curious as to what you think about uh, about that. Yeah, well, I, I guess I guess what we're looking at is Simeone has been trying to figure out for a while now. Uh, well, well, the signing of Reynaldo in the in the in January solved a lot of problems for them because he can now play four at the back, which he has been kind of leaning towards um, recently. Um, so he's got the four in the back. He's he solved his midfield for now in 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 the in terms of the physicality and the the ability to cover ground. So that's that's solved. And and now it's a it's a matter of building from there because you can you can take Ren and Lottie out and Yannick Carrasco. You don't lose anything really, but with, by putting Yannick Carrasco there now. I, I just I said earlier Ren Lodi offers offers a defensive solidity there, but against certain teams and in different situations and circumstances, Yannick Carrasco can slot in there, uh, and and be be like more than more than okay, and he he's been one of their best attack, and you you probably get a little bit more attack ways, uh, in in attack from him than you do from Lodi. You lose out a little bit defensively, but that's that's where Carrasco goes. Uh, and then Llorente on the right is, is where he goes and, and then it's a matter of rotating say Griezmann for Joe Felix Griezmann for Correa um, I'd say Suarez is, is now I mean it's he's got a couple of months left I don't know how many games there are left there's probably about 13 games or something 12 games there left about, yeah and his 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 uh, contract is up in the summer. I'd say he'll go to 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 America after the the MLS in the summer. And I think that uh, that's the role he'll have to play. But you could you could swap, and it's a, it's an awful pity too that all the all the competitions are. Well, we don't know about the Champions League, but the the season is winding winding down now, and and there's uh, Simeone will want to get a set eleven, but changing Griezmann for Joe Felix. It, to give Joe Felix a rest, or start him and give him an hour, and that—that's—that's that's where his role would be within that within the four-four-two. You know, instead of before we were talking about uh, every time they'd name a team, you're looking at it going, okay, Griezmann, he's obviously trying something new here. Uh, just three at the back, and it's going to be this in possession. It'll be this, and then out of possession, it'll be that, and then it looks like they might be going here and there. He had no platform to build off, and. and so, whereas when you have a platform, you can then just kind of swap guys in and out, give them slightly different roles depending yeah. on the opposition. But the platform is there, which with, with his back four and his midfield now sorted or looking like it's sorted. So Jan Black, Versalco, Vas could slot in there either. Uh, Savage, Jimenez, Renildo, Lodi slash Carrasco, Herrera, Cadogbia, uh, or, or even, yeah, Herrera. Maybe even Rodrigo de Paul, if you want to kind of push him up a little bit, uh, and Marcus Llorente, and possibly Vass there if uh, to slot in there, and then your two up front, Angel Correa and Joe Felix as the starters. Griezmann could come in, Suarez could come in, uh, and and that's what you're dealing with now, and that's that's the they're the tactics, and I think that uh, I think that that's what he'll be going with from now on, and it'll just be a matter of yeah, rotating Griezmann in and out. The idea, the idea is to make it as seamless as possible because Simeone's used, I think, 33 different starting 11s and then 36 games, which yeah. is, that's not sustainable. 
All right, so here is what the, the race for top six looks like, Robbie. It is tight. Betis are currently third on 46 points with 26 games played. Barcelona moved back into fourth on Sunday night. They have 45 points from 25 played. Atletico are fifth with the same number of points and one more game. Villarreal are sixth on 42 points from 26 played. And then Real Sociedad staying in the fight with their tight win over Osasuna. They have 41 points from 25 played. So five teams separated by five points fighting for practically two places. And wouldn't you know it, at the Benito Villamarín next Sunday night, Atletico are facing Real Betis. Oof, what a game this will be. Uh, Betis defeated by Sevilla on Sunday in the Seville Derby. Two goals to one. Sergio Canales was, uh, was booked in that game, and he will be suspended uh, for yellow card accumulation. Stefan Savage also suspended due to card accumulation. Marca reported on Monday that Savage also has a muscular injury, which is just great news for Simeone. Um, oof, third versus fifth at, at this point in the season. Uh, really for most, if not all, of the marbles. How do we see this one going? Yeah, I'm just starting to wonder now, have Real Betis kind of run their race? Mm. Uh, they've got the game on Thursday against Rio, they're winning 2-1 in the, in the Copa del Rey semi-final. Yep. Coming off they, a cup they, game. Yeah, Rio haven't been great in, 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 in fairness to them, they're not they're not really playing great. It feels like the kind of off-field off stuff has definitely affected them. And, and they're another team who look like they've kind of done everything that they can this season and it's just a matter now of getting to the end of the season. So, uh yeah, like Betis, they really didn't look good for long spells against Sevilla, and uh, yeah, they without and Canales is every pretty much everything to them, and Fekir as well. But Canales more so, I think he really does knit the, knit the side together. So uh, yeah, I'm not sure really. It's um, again, we're gonna need a little bit more evidence on what we've what we've got to 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 really go all in on Atletico again. So I'm not I'm not <laughs> be making any predictions, but yeah, it feels like. It, the wheels could come off for Betis pretty quickly if they're not if they're not careful. Yeah, Betis are the only Spanish team that is alive in three competitions. They're alive in in La Liga. They're third currently. They are all not certainly, but likely going to play in the Copa del Rey final if they overcome Rio in the second leg. And they're also in the Europa League. They uh, beat Zenit and advanced in the Europa League, so they are still alive in three competitions. And as you said, this is this is new ground for Betis under Pellegrini. And they have had a wonderful season to this point. They've played very attractive football. Their midfield in particular has been excellent, whereas Atletico's for much of this season has not been. <laughs> Between Canales and Fakir, who went off uh, at injured at halftime against Sevilla and is a doubt for midweek. Uh, Guido Rodriguez, Carvalho, they've just had a, a number of, of excellent players solidifying their midfield. So th this game will likely be won in the center of the park, um, and Simeone should really not hesitate to have Condogbia and Herrera out there again and try as closely as you can to replicate what has been done these past seven to ten days. No Savage is going to be a blow, and would you slot in Felipe there? Would you slot in Gulp Hermoso? What would you do to, repli uh, to replace Savage in this game? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say he will he'll go with Felipe. Um, but yeah, he's going to, or it feels like he's going to, uh, the, the run-in is all about, it's all about who can be more consistent rather than who's coming up with innovations and who's who's uh, playing the, the, the nicest football. 
I think I think it's it's it really is a war of attrition, La Liga and, and the season. And I think that uh, I think that he'll, he'll go with the, the the same formation again with Condobbia and, and uh, Herrera. And I'd say he'll put Felipe there just because. Uh, he has more experience playing as a right on the right of of the of the back of in the center of a back four. So uh, yeah, when is Daniel Voss back? Is he back in the next week or two? Is he? That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he he should be back in the next ten to fourteen days. Is my guess. Hmm. I mean, because he was injured. Yeah, they said oh, the first three, United three game, ago. so maybe he'll be back in yeah, probably about ten days, two weeks. So. Yeah, they're yeah, probably I'd gonna say, save him for that. Yeah, I'd say he'll go with Felipe, and at the end of the day, these guys are uh, these guys are. Um, uh, I mean, he's got a decent squad, and he has to use it. And I mean, I know Felipe has had his issues, but hopefully, in a, in, in a better uh, in a better in better circumstances, he, he does he won't have a chance to kind of. Embarrass himself <laughs> on, on previous occasions this season. Yeah, Simeone's had to be very careful with. Um, I think I think it's been good man management on his part to not denigrate Felipe in the media and and to not, you know, the the fans have obviously been piling on him all season and a lot of it is deserved because he's made a lot of individual errors. But I think it's good man management on Cholo's part to keep him in the loop, keep him in contention for minutes. He's turned him off the bench a couple times when it was sensitive to do so his last appearance against Osasuna was very good that second half he made I think half a dozen clearances so my guess would be Felipe as well or he could move for Salco to to center back at some point in the game and Llorente would play some right back or some right wing back uh some options there uh Voss coming back and and being fit would would solve some of these issues on the right-hand side. But Versalco, I think, has got that position on lockdown at the moment. He's playing pretty well, especially defensively. And this will be a battle. Um, Atletico's 3-0 win over Betis earlier this season has likely guaranteed them head-to-head uh, should the two teams end up level on points. But a win at the Via Marin would be just gigantic. Uh, with, with the way Barca's season is going, the momentum Barca are generating currently uh, is significant. And I'm... I think Barca are probably going to finish third if I had to bet on that today. So Atletico's best shot is probably to catch Betis and to hold off Villarreal and Real Sociedad for that fourth position. But a lot can still happen. There's still 12, 13 games to go for some teams. It's exciting. It's not where we thought Atletico would be, but it is exciting. No doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, and, and and some of the teams, like you said, there some some of the teams who we would have had in the top four automatically at the start of the season are really starting to heat up. Villarreal look excellent. Barcelona look excellent. Yeah. Uh, Atletico seem to have improved. Uh, Betis obviously had that little bit of a head start on everyone. Sevilla looked really good against Betis at times. Uh, Real Madrid haven't been great. Like I mean, I know La Liga is pretty much done and dusted, but like. They're really not playing that great, and I, I just, yeah, just for, uh, for, uh, for the neutral, I just hope it's a good, a good end to the season and there's plenty of twists and turns. Yeah, it's really, really sure. it's really been a couple months since Madrid have played well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure. I think they're going to win this one by default because everyone else gives them a head start, and they did start the season really well. Vinicius and Benzema have been excellent, but. Uh, yeah, I think they've got they've got a lot of questions to answer this this uh, summer in terms of where where they're going as a team. Yeah, some of their football has just been kind of by their standard at least rotten in the last 
four weeks, six weeks or so. And Sevilla, I just don't think Sevilla have enough consistency to catch them. Sevilla don't score enough goals. Um, they they defend great. Uh, Bono's probably going to win the Zamora, but I don't think they score enough. They're not consistent enough, and they draw too many games. That's probably Sevilla's issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really excellent what Lopetegui has done there, though. I will not hear a bad word said about Julian Lopetegui. <laughs> Should have stayed with Spain, though. That yes. They, they would have won the World Cup. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they would have won the World Cup. I don't disagree. That would just have had that happen on the eve of the tournament was just disastrous, man. What a bad decision that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're going to put a bookmark here for the time being. Robbie, thank you so much for hopping on today's show. No problem at all, Jeremy. We'll we'll chat soon. We will be back next weekend to discuss Betis and Atletico, a top five clash at the Benito Villamarina. Until then, thank you all for listening. Keep it on IntoTheCalderon.com, our social media, and our Patreon page as well, patreon.com slash Chat. You can also subscribe and listen to all... Uh, recent episodes of the Colt Chanero Chat and Partido a Partido podcasts on the Atletico Madrid Podcast Network on Spotify. Thank you all for listening. Adios.